In My Mug, episode 251 on Monday the 2nd of September 2013. I am your host, Stephen Layton, and this week we are mixing up In My Mug. From now on, things are going to be a little bit different, so let's go to the news to find out some more. What the heck was that noise? So, it is going to be a little bit different. Do you like my new set? Do you like my new table? Um, yeah, we have some new things lined up I'm very excited about and uh, can't wait to share them with you. One of them is going to be... Where are these noises coming from? Anyway, from this week onwards, you are going to have the chance to win... One of these. The t-shirt that money cannot buy. Um, what we need you to do is you can either send in a screen grab. Now, a screen grab is something like me going... You freeze that, you get a screenshot of it, like this. And if yours gets chosen, then you get to win one of these. Um, also, you get um, a chance to have a vine. So the vines, for instance, like this one, that would win you a t-shirt. Or you can ask a question of our resident barista trainer, an all-round good guy, Mr. Dale Harris. Um, you will see some more on that later. And if you select that, that's how I win this one. Um, you'll be able to win one there. Or you can send in a pinboard of doom, which you already know about. Now, I'm only gonna do one of these per episode, and not everyone's is gonna get shown, because that's winning a t-shirt, you know? You have to do something pretty spectacular. But hopefully you'll send in much more of them so you get one of these amazing In My Mug t-shirts. It has a back and everything. Um, it's really, really cool. And uh, if your clip gets pay played, you have to drop me an email, uh, tell me it was yours, and it has to be in the week that that In My Mug is the In My Mug. So you've got to watch. You see, I'm looking now, I'm thinking, get people watching more regularly to see whether they've won. Um, so yeah, it has to be the active In My Mug for that week and you will win. That's amazing. It's going to be a really, really cool thing. And our guest blend bandwagon continues. We are now in September, and it's uh, September is world famous, I'm sure, for Totally a Pirate Day. Ha ha, me heart is. Um, and with this week's blend, this week's, this month's blend, you get a tattoo. Um, and I will do an extra special at the end of September. If you send a picture of your pirate tattoo, I will select one of those as well. Um, uh, to win one of these t-shirts. So just for in my mug subscribers, because only you guys will know about it. And that was the news! So instead of 20 seconds on that we've had in the past, it's time for something new. So Focus On is going to be a month-long focus on something. For each in my mug, we'll be very much focusing on these things. Um, this one is going to be varietals. So each coffee in September, we'll be looking at varietals in a little bit more depth and a little bit more um, kind of, and I spend a little bit time dwelling on it. Um, so the one that we're doing today is a Kenyan and it's an SL28 varietal. 
So instead of me rambling very quickly for 20 seconds, we're going to look at SL28. So it's mostly found in Kenya, although there has been a push in recent years for lots in Central America and, and South America, mainly because it normally produces an amazing cup. Um, it's some of the most treasured cups and the most amazing cups that I've had have come from SL28. Um, to be honest, everything I've tasted outside of Kenya has been a little bit disappointing. Uh, it's a hybrid. So a hybrid is where we've taken different varietals. So it's taken Bourbon um, and it's taken Yemeni Mocha and Tipica. Uh, and this was done by Scott Labs during colonial years in the 1930s, um, who were botanists at an institute. And they were searching for different mutations of Bourbon uh, and Tipica and Mocha. And uh, they began to try and crossbreed them. Um, hoping to find higher quality, higher yield, disease resistant, pest resistant strains. And SL28 was one of the experiments that came through that had a fairly low yield, wasn't overly protected against pest and disease, um, but had a really interesting cut profile. Uh, the the colour of the leaf is very copper coloured, uh, fairly open leaf, uh, very open to rust and pest as I said. Um, Fruit size is a medium size, so the actual cherry is a medium sized cherry, fairly regular sized cherry. Um, grows best above 100 metres above sea level. It's typically red, I've never seen yellow SL28 ever, um, and it's heavily related to the Bourbon and Tipica. Um, and we focused on, and we did it in longer than 20 seconds. But enough about this now, it's time for us to look at the coffee. So, uh, as I've already said, it's a Kenyan coffee, and I really do enjoy Kenyans. But it's a market that's confused me a lot. So in February this year, I took my first ever trip, um, not to go meet producers and go and shake hands and do photos, but really to understand how the whole market works in Kenya and how we can improve quality, traceability, um, and just basically buy better coffee from Kenya. Um, most Kenya coffee comes from cooperatives. Now the problem of working with cooperatives is that traceability thing can be really tough. Um, it's really hard to find out more information about something when it's from a big group of people. It's also very difficult to build long-term relationships because the cooperatives are run by a management team that changes fairly often um, and will quite often have very different goals from year to year. So one year can be quality, the next year can be yield, the next year can be price, the next year can be pruning. You know, it can be kind of so many different things that they take into consideration. Um, so the only way to really buy quality coffee in Kenya is to cup, and I cupped hundreds of coffees while I was there, like over 200 cups, um, and selected from that just a couple of lots to bring back. Um, this one was lot 1843, um, and it was bought from the auction on the 22nd of January, so the exporter I bought it, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> choking, the exporter I brought it from had already bought this lot, and we cupped it in their office, I was like, that is so mine. Um, it's from the Karani Mill, which is on the southern slopes of the uh, Mount Kenya, which is a big ice-capped mountain, uh, which goes up to 5,200 metres above sea level. Uh, but this village sits at an altitude of between 1,500 metres and 1,750 metres. Um, it's owned by the Kaber Cooperative. that um, has 6,025 active registered farmers who supply the mill with cherries. So do you see why the traceability thing can be a little bit hard when you have so many producers uh, supplying just one mill stroke factory type place? Um, and uh, they have 422 hectares of coffee between all of those producers. 
Um, of those uh, uh, 6,000 members, 1,500 supply this mill, and then they, the rest supply other mills within the society. It is a fully washed, so the cherry uh, is removed, um, it is then placed under underwater for between 12 and 36 hours and then dried on African raised beds um, instead of patios to dry in the sun, no mechanical drying or anything like that and then sold in the small days pickings lots to the Kenya Coffee Auction. So we should go through some stats, the name is Karani, um, it's affiliated to the Kaber uh, Farmers Cooperative Society in the central province in the Gachayu district um, has uh, an altitude of 1,500 to 1,700 metres above sea level. This particular mill has 1,500 members that supply it. Um, it is all fully washed, sun-dried, hand-picked, uh, varieties SL28 as we focused on. Oh, we have a gate crash under my mugger, Daddy Longlegs. Um, and the soil is a deep volcanic, uh, red volcanic soil. And, and, and yeah, that was it. So now we should go to the map bit and I do have high hopes for this one. It's the map bit, no expense spent. It's the map bit. Hello. I hope you're enjoying the new In My Mug format. And this new format means we get on with it. So we should look at Africa. Uh, this is the wonderful continent that is. Uh, number of coffee growing countries, 18. Population is just obscenely huge with a very, very big surface area. You kind of look at it, it's many, many, many times the size of the UK. Um, so, uh, so let's look down into Kenya, uh, the specifics, and uh, we should focus on Kenya as a country. So its name is Kenya, has a population of just over 41 million, twice the size of the UK, and the capital is Nairobi. Um, but let's get down into the, the, the detail of the washing station. So this is the view of the washing station looking down on the village uh, in the valley. And just whiz around here. Can you see that mount there? Just let's zoom in. That is Mount Kenya. And you can just see in the distance the little red dot. And let's get back to there of where the washing station is. So it's really in the foothills of that Mount Kenya uh, area. Um, and that was the wonderful, interesting, lovely map bit. Good, I hope so. Um, in another change, Roland gets his first week off in a year. Um, don't worry, he will be back next week. Um, but to help take the pressure off, we're going to be alternating between Roland's dad, Fax, and Ask Dale. Um, and this is where I get asked lots of barista type questions. And I am no barista. Uh, my skills lie in making beans go brown. Uh, which is a very, very different uh, thing. So Dale is our resident barista trainer, all-round lovely barista-type guy. Um, and this is your chance to ask him tips, ask him kind of questions and all the rest of it. Um, so get your questions coming in uh, for a chance to win one of these lovely little things. Um, and to be honest, with these, you've probably got more chance of winning one. Um, so uh, here we go with the first of Ask Dale. So as we have no question, this is why I've got my t-shirt. I'm going to ask Dale, Dale, are Kenyas suitable for espresso? Contrary to what Stephen says, I believe that Kenyas can be good at espresso, but only if you like bright, acidic, sharp espresso. 
Otherwise, you need to keep well away from them. Ooh, are, ooh, are, I'm from Somerset. So controversially there, Daly's disagreeing with me, but I do kind of disagree, I kind of disagree, I kind of agree with him too. Um, I don't like Kenyan espressos, and lots of people I know don't like Kenyan espressos, but you might. Like, I am not there to say what is good and what is bad. There is no such thing as a good espresso coffee and a good filter coffee. There is a good espresso coffee for you and a good filter coffee for you. Um, and I firmly believe that. For me, I am not looking forward to the espresso over this at all, um, but we will suffer that one. So you may notice that the wheel of death has changed. It's now the wheel of discovery. So the wheel of discovery works like this. We have a wheel of death and it will slowly turn into death. Uh, I will constantly be moving these around by the way, so don't expect them to be all in the same place. But what will happen is you will, if you hit one of the red ones, we will go on a magical tour out of this wonderful studio and to the said place so you get to discover the roastery. And uh, if you get one of these, then we have to do a wheel of death. It will slowly turn into death and then slowly turn back into discovery. So let's give it a whirl. Where it goes, everybody cares because it's discovery. Ooh. Right, we're going to reception. So here goes. Okay, so it's time for us to go on our discovery. So time for us to leave the has-been set. Do, 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 do. Say hello, Chris. Hello Chris. Hello Roland. Hello. So there we go, this is our training room, look there, take a quick look, there's the roastery, I'm sure that will come up soon, but we're going to go down the stairs, here, all the way down the stairs, da, 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 da. that's my first roaster that I started roasting on, and this is reception, so just some pictures on the wall, there's the pack inside, and that was the discovery! So the idea of that is so you get a rough idea of the roastery and the kind of layout and stuff. I kind of thought it might be a bit of fun. So I hope you agree. Let's get into the coffee. So let's start with the espresso. Okay, so I, I, I'm going to disagree with Dale, but also agree with him. I don't like this as an espresso, but I also agree that some people love that acidity and love that brightness. There is too much there for me. It's very citrus, very lemon-like. There's a hint of peach that I know comes out more in the other drinks, but it's mainly acidity. And it's just too much for me, it's too powerful. You may love that, that's great. I'm, I'm very happy for you, um, That's it's not wrong. It, it's quite right to like what you like. But it's too much for me. So let's see how it works in the milk. That kind of works because the acidity comes through the milk, but it's calmed down by the sweetness and thickness and the the kind of yeah the creaminess of the of the milk. Much better. The peach is more highlighted than it is in the espresso, and the citrus lemon is kind of killed down a little bit, and the creaminess is raised. So that's good. See, I like my espressos to be sweet and with body and to have some acidity, but not to be the dominant part. Um, that's when I kind of don't like it so much. So into my hipster mug, we should go with the Chemex. 
I didn't choose the Chemex, by the way. I know it's my default brewing method, but this was Roland's choice. Um, he did the Chemex. Chris did the cappuccino and the espresso for me. They're very kind. I am running about like a silly thing at the moment. Um, so yes, here, this is where it excels. It's creamy. It's sweet. It has that peach just running all the way through it. And if you've ever had peach hubba bubba bubble gum, this is it. It is... Peachy, delicious loveliness. Great mouthfeel, great texture, great taste, really interesting. The acidity is just right in the brewed coffee, and I don't know why I prefer acidity in there to espresso, but it is delicious. It really is good. So, this is a point we would normally do the screen grab, you know, or we'd have um, a pin board of doom, or we would have uh, a Vine of the Week winner where you would have a chance to win a t-shirt. But there's no t-shirt to win this this week. But there is a Limoncillo t-shirt that I promised in episode 249, if you shouted on the In My Mug hashtag. And the winner is MW underscore S8, which I believe is Mark. Um, and on Twitter, he put a post up saying, um, it's great to keep watching In My Mug go from strength to strength and that he was sorry he wasn't a subscriber uh, for such a big one like 250. Well, this is to prove that if you are not a subscriber, you can still win t-shirts on In My Mug. Uh, Mark, email me your address and your size for your Limoncillo t-shirt, and I will get that in the post to you. Right, it's time for me to wrap up and get the heck out of here. Um, but what is it I say at the end every time? That's right, life is too short for bad coffee.